are listening to the Change Management Review Podcast, where we bring you the best tactics, strategies, and actionable insights for change through our powerful interviews with change management practitioners and leaders. And now here's your host, Teresa Moulton. Welcome to the Change Management Review Podcast. My name is Teresa Moulton, Editor-in-Chief, and I'm here with Jennifer Krippner, and she is a recognized expert in the field of patient experience and human-centered care. I'm going to, I'm going to introduce her to you, and um, then she's going to tell you a bit about what she does and um, how she has applied uh, her work and expertise to all sorts of um, en- employee engagement, culture change, um, and other uh, other relationship-oriented uh, situations. So, um, more information about Jennifer. So, as I said, Jennifer Krippner is a recognized expert in the field of patient experience and human-centered care. She has over 25 years of experience in strategic planning, patient experience, physician development, and employee community engagement. Jennifer is most passionate about building and nurturing connections and relationships. Prior to her lead role at the Institute for Healthcare Excellence, Jennifer was the Director of Physician Development and Guest Public Relations at Maple Grove Hospital in Minnesota. While there, she led staff-driven patient experience advisory teams and developed projects that directly contributed to consistent top-tier performance in key patient and staff satisfaction results. Jennifer is a fierce advocate for connecting things, concepts and people, both seen and unseen, that positively move the experience forward. She stands out for her personal dedication to helping hospitals and health systems build a culture of excellence that promotes the delivery of exceptional patient-centered care. Jennifer is committed to guiding a differentiated human experience that optimizes outcomes for patients, individualizes services to meet unique needs, and assists caregivers in regaining joy and purpose. While Jennifer takes great pride in her work, her true north remains her family, her friends, and her relationships she develops. So without further ado, welcome, Jennifer. Thank you so much, Teresa, for having me. It's great to be be here and part of your podcast today. Yes, very excited to have you here. Um, When we met before the podcast, I was very intrigued by uh, all the work that you do um, in the organization that you're currently working for. Could you tell us a little bit about, about that organization and your role in it? Sure, I would love to. So I'm currently the Chief Experience Officer at the Institute for Healthcare Excellence. We're an organization that works primarily with healthcare organizations, health systems, hospitals, clinics, a variety of sizes across the country. I've been there about seven years. I came on to um, this organization right at the beginning stages of of their development and really wanted to help them grow their organization and really help change the cultures of 
hospitals and health systems across the country. Um, we've worked with over 70 organizations, like you mentioned, and really enjoy helping leaders build trust, mm. um, help them build respect and compassion with their team members. And really, like you said, renew that passion of why healthcare leaders and teams and frontline staff went into the into the practice of medicine in the first place. I think we we feel like we have a calling and we really want to serve others. And somewhere along the line, sometimes we feel like we get a little lost in the work that we do at the Institute for Healthcare Excellence really helps them um, get back to that calling. Wow. That's, that sounds kind of magical in a way, you know, when you're working with uh, the hospitals, everything is usually so bureaucratic and, and also so fast paced that um, when they work with you, they get an opportunity to take a breath of fresh air and focus on working on the hospital versus what working in the hospital. That's exactly it. Yes, it's rewarding um, for them to be able to take that time to really think about um, why they're there in the first place and reconnect to their why. Yeah. Wow. What are some of the challenges that you've come across with um, engaging with hospitals and making these connections more apparent for them? Yeah. So oftentimes, you know, healthcare leaders or organizations and and people that are part of the health systems, you know, one of the biggest barriers we always hear is time. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough time to do this and we can't invest enough time to take on a project like this. And and we really have found that um, organizations that say we want to invest in our teams We want to invest in our leaders. We feel it's critically important, especially now since the pandemic, to invest in keeping our people Mm -hmm. and retaining the people that we do have. Um, The ROI on that is just incredible Um, versus having to spend um, time and energy recruiting. Let's invest in the people that we do have and let's help them get back to why they wanted to have relationships with their patients and families that they serve, why they want to have relationships with the people that they work with. And so the work that we do has has really helped those um, health system leaders that see that investment up front and keeping their people um, connected to the purpose of why they went into healthcare and, and to the purpose of their organization. You know, I've got to ask because of the rep- the reputation or um, generalization of working with physicians. How do you get them to show up to your meetings? <laughs> that is um, like one of the most important things that that we do at the institute is make it a priority that at the top of the leadership team that when they say we want to work with you, we say we must have physicians at the table to do the work with us. Because if we're truly going to change the culture of the organization, Mm -hmm. if we're truly going to change the culture of the team at the bedside, physicians need to be involved. We can't just have part of the equation making these foundational changes and learning these foundational skills. And physicians are a critical aspect of the team not only of the leadership team, but also of the bedside team. 
and of the team that's taking care of, of the people um, at the hospital. And so um, we make it a priority and say they need to be involved and um, we'll wait until you're ready to do the work um, until you have the physicians at the table with us. That's and great. So it, it's it's critically important if you're truly invested in changing your culture and moving from that space of just surviving and doing what's required day to day to one where you want a thriving team where everybody's operating at that optimal performance. Mm-hmm. So need to be included and involved and and we have physician leaders on our team so mm. you're really getting that peer-to-peer connection and peer-to-peer um, experience mm-hmm. and creating that safe environment where physicians feel like they can learn the skills and practice the skills in an environment that's applicable to them and you know answers the question what's in it for me and how, what am I going to get out of this and as soon as they can feel that and see that they're they're involved that's excellent mm-hmm. you know the, it's it's interesting because there is such a change management aspect to what you're doing yes. you know and um, building the relationships setting the setting the work up for success um, defining the what's in it for me, for all the stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like your engagement team is well-defined to um, meet the client where they are, right. uh, you know, in order to facilitate some of the work. Yes, it's critical that that is. And then if we speak about it in clinical terms, um, we really like to have a biopsy of the organization represented. Um, so we come you know, matching who we're going to be working with. Mm -hmm. And in order for the work to really be sustained within their organization, we want a biopsy of them represented that's really going to lead the work forward within their organization. So it's really Mm -hmm. peer-to-peer. You know, from our perspective, we're going to match who we're working with. And then we're going to ask them um, it, within their organization to take and learn this work and spread it throughout their organization. So it's going to be peer-to-peer from their side um, once they learn the skills and disseminate the skills over time. And do you find that that approach actually sustains the change or do you design in uh, periodic checkups for them? Yeah. So we always have periodic checkups. Um, So right, first off, they're going to be delivering the work um, and the curriculum and the training and the skills and however they want to create and and term um, the language internally, um, they will be they will be delivering it on an ongoing, a monthly basis. Again, in clinical terms, we call it a slow IV infusion. (laughs) Every month, the skills are kind of slowly dripping throughout the organization so that over 12, 18, 24 months, they're going to reach more of a critical mass. Along that way, we we are there Um, with them to support them, check in um, via Zoom on quarterly basis, you know, nine to 12 months, we do a refresher, we've got some, um, we've got some electronic digital tools that will help them support them, we've got some different modules to build on after time, just to really support the continuous learning that's really important. Oh, that's great. So one of the things I'm wondering, Jennifer, is 
what are the typical challenges that you encounter when you're mid you know, mid uh, phase working, you, you've gotten in, you've gotten the doctors on the team and you're kind of running off off to change the culture. What are some of the typical uh, challenges that come up for you all? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I think, you know, when we start with an organization, we always like to say, okay, what are your baseline metrics that you as an organization want to measure? Um, we always suggest metrics that we see around the country that are good at, at, at measuring. And then um, one thing we find is that no one department ever owns all the metrics. Right. <laughs> so the point person typically has a an interesting time, like, okay, HR owns the employee engagement and the medical staff owns the physician engagement and quality department owns the, the quality metrics and grievances is usually owned by patient experience team. And so um, really, truly finding the right scorecard coming together at the right time and measuring that ROI about nine months in to continue you know, showing um, and telling the story to senior leadership team mm -hmm. can be a really hard time for that site person, that site leader, that mm -hmm. organizational leader um, to, proves to be pretty difficult. So we try mm -hmm. um, before we begin the work to help them find the right places where all of their metrics they want to track, mm -hmm. getting that information updated quarterly um, and then keep that momentum going so that they can continue to share the story across the organization to, to demonstrate the incredible impact that this work has on an organization. That's great. That's mm -hmm. interesting. So what are some of the types of results that you get from doing this work? Yeah, I'm still fascinated about work being like this being done in a, a healthcare environment. I think it's, I, I just think it's so hectic in there, you know? It but, is hectic. And, and I, thanks for, you know, being interested in, in this topic, because I think so often, and I'll get to the metrics in a second, but I want to give a little example about, you know, typically a leader has an HR playbook, right? They know kind of, um, the checklist or the things that they need to do to have a good team, right? And the things that they need to, need to do to, to be a good leader. Mm -hmm. um, and I think when we come in and work with an organization, we really want those leaders or those team leads um, or section leaders or physician leaders to be like really at their peak performance. Like mm -hmm. how do I not only just be a good leader and do the things that are required, and have a team that's surviving, but how do I create a team that's thriving? How do I know when all my team members are really at their optimal performance? Um, and so we come in with a set of skills, not only for the leaders, but for everybody, like, like we were just talking about. Um, and an example would be for a leader, how do I know when I create my meeting agenda and run my meeting and we all go to meetings and how often do we say, oh, I can't wait to go to that meeting, right? Right. <laughs> as a leader, how do we know, how do we know that our meetings produce positive emotions? Because mm. positive emotions, when we experience them and cultivate them, 
creates thriving. Mm-hmm. What are some of the tips you give them for that? Yeah, so many good tips. So there are things that create gratitude in a meeting. There are things yeah. that create joy, um, presence. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do a check-in. You can practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. You can take a breath. You can um, you can be present yourself. So how mm-hmm. are you as a leader showing up? Um, are you asking the right powerful questions in a meeting? Are you creating space in that meeting for people to have a say in what's on the agenda? So are Mm -hmm. they engaged? Are they present and remembering what's being said and shared? And do they have an input? Are you recognizing what kinds of emotions are happening in those meetings and taking time to pause and address them? Yeah, those are great. Kind of heart wiring in the meetings versus hard wiring in the meetings. Did you say heart wiring? I did. I, I like that. <laughs> That's really nice. And and for people who work in a hectic environment, that can be almost like an oasis for mm-hmm. them if if it is that way, and they know they get to kind of decompress a little bit. Right. right. Yeah, I've worked on projects where I actually had to bring in one of those little water fountains into them, put it on the room, you know, <laughs> hand out the um, bath body and beyond um, peppermint, like roll a ball for people's <laughs> temples and, and do a little meditation in order to have the meetings. Everyone was just so stressed. So, But what you did there was you recognized, you stopped and paused and recognized, okay, this meeting is going to be stressful. It's been stressful in the past. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're stopping to recognize, okay, what can I do differently? Is there a way to evoke a different emotion here? Is Mm -hmm. there a way to think about how I might lead a little bit differently this time? Mm -hmm. And then pause afterwards and say, was the outcome of this meeting differently because of how I showed up or because of what stage that I set differently? Mm -hmm. And if you think about how we might go about our meetings differently in that way. And next time, maybe it didn't work, maybe it did. But the fact that you paused for a moment and said, hmm, people are going to be coming to this meeting a little bit differently than they normally do because of X, Y, or Z on the agenda. Mm-hmm. How might I set it up differently? Yeah. Or maybe you want to prep somebody or one or two people ahead of time to become to the meeting with a different um a different state of mind or a different, you know, maybe they're on your side and you've prepped them. So you've got people on your, on your team already that right. can to help you champion whatever message it is. Yeah. So, I would imagine even people that would bring a positive presence mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the room right. would, would be of value. And these are the things that, you know, as management consultants, we are running in and out of meetings like crazy and everyone's wondering who's going to be on time. Okay. Now we're 10 minutes late and we're all trying to jam through agendas, but you know, sometimes we don't slow down enough to kind of help the client, help everyone in the meeting really Mm -hmm. have a moment of peace. Right. So this is really interesting. Because what happens when we come to a meeting and we're 10 minutes late, we're distracted we're still thinking about the last meeting that we were at right? and now we're jumping in. Do you think we're going to remember everything or be present enough to, to be totally into what's happening during that meeting? Right. Probably not, probably not the way. So if we do pause for that moment and take a minute to get everybody centered, 
um, that minute spent doing that will get people centered and present. And then you're probably not going to have to have all the follow-up afterwards. And you're probably not going to have to have those extra meetings or those extra one-on-ones to get people up to speed because they were distracted during that meeting. So Excellent. the power of being present is, is really important. Yeah, great. Thank mm-hmm. you. So when we do that, and we have good metrics, metrics like our um, employee engagement, mm-hmm. our physician engagement, our grievances, um, our quality metrics, our, um, you know, those metrics are, you know, patient safety metrics, you mm-hmm. know, go up. Um, I think recently we worked with a, a large team um, in a family birth center, and they were really focused on retention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with the nursing um, turnover so high right now, um, that's one thing that they were really focused on. And so we measured that specifically before our intervention and one year later. And um, we also measured it with burnout, with recovery, and with thriving, a specific oh, wow. measurement to the tool that we did. And so we really looked at their turnover, and I think there were 200 people um, mm. that we specifically targeted for nurses, and they had um, 30, 38 turnover, 38 nurses leave. Wow. So, that first year and then we did our intervention and they had eight leave that second that's year. pretty nice incredible turnover and we decreased their burnout by eight percent that's and awesome so it doesn't seem like a lot but it was an incredible amount and it ended up being um you think about you know that many more people staying and not leaving and when they stay and they're not burned out we calculated it to about a half a million dollars in savings by not having to recruit no more nurses in just one year. That's exceptional. That's an exceptional ROI on a program. Um, you, you know, as you're speaking, I've, um, I'm a serial entrepreneur. So yes. th- this is my fourth business. And as you're speaking, I'm thinking, Jennifer and her organization need to write a book about this. <laughs> and then you need to do some uh, presentations to share what you do with the folks that are in corporate America that just need it. I mean, they need this so badly and everybody's just kind of grasping for, you know, what do you do to actually um, address burnout and um, all the, all of the stressful aspects of work right now. Right. And what I love about the work that we do is it doesn't just improve you, your work as a, a, an employee or a mm. physician, it improves your whole life. It improves you as a mom or a dad or a sister or brother or spouse. It, you, these skills are universal and apply to your entire life. And we've had so many amazing testimonials about marriages saved and oh, careers wow. saved and actually lives saved. And um, because what we're doing is we're, we're really changing lives here. And when we mm-hmm. do um, we bring our whole selves to work. And so um, your work is going to improve and flourish as well. That's great. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer, we're about out of time. Um, what would you like our audience to really remember about this conversation? Well, I, you know, I think it all comes down to relationships. 
Mm-hmm. It is about relationships. And when we can infuse our relationships with time and being present mm-hmm. and getting to take that moment and pause and mm-hmm. just really connect with one another, we're all going to be better for it. Yeah, awesome. And if um, anyone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they how would they do that? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn. Okay. There and then also our website. So you can also go to healthcareexcellence.org and um, find me there. And I'm sure you'll put this in your um, show notes when they listen to this. You can yes. click on those links. And I'm just grateful that that you had me on and I'm so grateful to meet you. Same here in your uh your calling and uh pathway here is so evident you know and and what drives you and you know feeds you and um it's been lovely having this conversation so thanks for being on our podcast my pleasure thank you we hope you enjoyed this episode of the change management review podcast be sure to follow us on linkedin facebook twitter and instagram